is Lewis. And this is Harold. Lots of stuff going on in the world. Um, and so we are going to be starting off with a very fully packed, I think, um, uh, Poopery, Lewis's favorite segment. So Poopery, actually, no, that, that's not Lewis's favorite segment. Um, one of Lewis's favorite segments because he named it, I think. So um, let's start with, um, I was the one uh, um, that came up with this. Um, and, you know, we always talk about fanboys and filthy casuals. Um, and it's rare that we, we as fanboys, at least I, get to talk about sports. But, um, you know, one of the biggest things that's happening here in L.A., of course, is the El Super Bowl. And um, I have to use it in Spanish because, you know, we're still not allowed to use. Absolutely uh, not. Yes, exactly. It's only yeah. either the big game or, yeah. Yeah. But if you say it in Spanish, it's it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, we won't get beeped or yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So um, unless you are a 49er fan getting beaten up um, in SoFi Stadium, you are very Yikes. excited. I know. When I said it, I regretted it immediately. <laughs> but we are keeping it, so we are okay with it. Um, you know, the uh, of course we uh, we have one um, dark horse that came out of nowhere and. Uh, all of a sudden is is, uh, has, is in the limelight, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and, of course, they are going to be fighting against the hometown, um, all of a sudden heroes, um, you know, the uh, the Rams, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Now, um, in your opinion, and, and uh, that's kind of where I'm kind of gearing towards this, um, have you been noticing more, all, you know, out of uh, all of a sudden we all uh, we have uh, lots of bandwagon Ram fans, or um, is there just enough, or uh, you know, is this is is it like people still don't care? What's what's your opinion? Um, from perspective, dude, uh, you know, worker for a, a civil servant for the city. Um, yeah, I couldn't help but notice a lot more Rams fans coming out of nowhere. But I think that's, you know, that just comes part and parcel of like a winning team. It kind of goes to show like, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm a casual Dodgers fan. But, you know, when they started winning a year or so ago, like I started, you know, getting more gear, you know, maybe talking about it more and on the chats and all that good stuff. So, yeah, in the last, what, three years, three, four years. L.A. went from no teams to two. You know, the Chargers and the Rams all came to L.A. And they've both been trying to fight their way to, to get that, that sweet, um, you know, sports fa- L.A. fan base uh, th- uh, on their back. And, yeah, I guess that's how they're going to get it is just by winning. I mean, that's, that's I, I guess when it comes to sports, it's just that sports, that's just the bottom line is the more you win, the more people come out in the, and, and help and support you. And I guess that's what the Rams are doing. And, yeah, it's kind of funny to me how it kind of turned out. I mean, it doesn't hurt either. Um, again, kind of casual sports uh, football fan, at least. Um, you know, they had some really bomb games the last two weekends. Like, you know, super exciting, really close games. Um, I think, the, the, you know, in the last round of four teams or eight teams, or uh, like four games were decided by literally a field goal, like three points, or or and, and when it's overtime, and then the weekend, you know, last weekend for the uh, NFC and the AFC championships, they both came down to the line. So it's like, dude, this is really exciting, and it, it's a good time to be a fan, I guess. And especially again, if, if you're an LA fan and you're you're starving for a football team and you don't want to be a Raiders fan, um, yeah, it was just you know uh, good timing, I guess. H, what about you, dude? Uh, I'm not really into football, so I don't know. <laughs> Says the our fantasy commissioner. Yes. <laughs> um. So this this is what's funny. Not funny to me. I always I say that sometimes. But like, um, I do see people who are never into any kind of support for any of the the LA football teams, um, just dividing their fandom amongst uh the. There's basically always been like four teams technically for Los Angeles fans. They've either been San Francisco 49ers fans because they've like ever since we were kids, at least they've been winning. And then uh, now we have both the Chargers and the Rams here and the Rams coming back. But also the loom large fan base and the ever present fan base of the Los Angeles or Oakland. Or, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. Las That's right. Vegas. I did that on purpose because those guys have no loyalty. Zing. So um, 
they're like the uh, the Lewis of uh, of football teams. <laughs> football teams. They're the Shaquille O'Neal of football teams. Ooh. Where they'll go they're, they're, wherever. They're LeBron James of football team. Yeah, how dare? Well, you're right. Um, but like, <laughs> if I was the team, Harold. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the name on the like, front of the jersey, man. <laughs> yeah, it's the name on the back of the jersey. But like for these guys, it's always been like I mean, okay, for me. As someone who was born here and obviously for the, his whole life has been uh, living in the Los Angeles area, that's always been the split from when I was a kid was you're either a Rams fan or you're a Raiders fan. And there was no real um, uh, going in between. You had to pick a side. And for so many members of my family and obviously the area that we live in, which is a largely Hispanic community, they've always been Raiders fans. And you would be hard pressed to say that you're a Rams fan for fear of, you know, unfortunately getting beat up. So as a kid, for me, I would always love, I loved Eric Dickerson because um, if you just hand a guy a football and he runs like, you know, 85 yards, that's way more interesting than a dude who gets to throw it like 85 yards. I don't know why. I've always loved running backs more than any other position. So it's like you enjoy that kind of stuff. And then when you see both teams leave, like when the Raiders moved to Oakland, everyone was like, Oh, okay, at least they moved to Oakland where it's, it's uh, close by. So it's still a California team. But the Rams moved to freaking St. Louis. And that's kind of where everybody got lost in their fandom. It's like, yeah, they're still the Rams, but like they're not even representing California anymore. They're not re- representing even the West Coast. Like they still stuck them in the NFC West, which is still weird to me because, um, you know, Missouri is not on the <laughs> West Coast. It's like more Eastern than Dallas, which is somehow in the NFC East. I don't know. Football is strange like that with the whole thing. But yeah, when they came back, everyone was like, oh, they're not going to welcome them back. Like um, they, they abandoned us and now they're just coming here because we're giving them money. Same thing with the Chargers. But it's like the thing where, like Lewis said, when people start winning, that's when you start paying attention. And all of a sudden, oh, now they're the Los Angeles Rams again. Even though when they won the Super Bowl, they were the St. Louis Rams. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like me, I always like, like their, their team before was so much fun to watch that I, I've been a fan of even when they moved to St. Louis, just because Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk were like the most interesting people in the league at the time. And I was like, dude, anytime these guys get the, like the ball, something like fireworks is going to happen. So, but that team is no longer that team. They, they came in pretty crappy. Um, you know, we had good old Jared Goff. Uh, he was a guy. And now he's no longer on our team. We got Matt Stafford. He's a lot better. But, yeah, it's just the whole, it's just a whole bandwagon thing. Yeah, it's a fanboy thing. When people start winning, that's when all the fans come back. So Yeah, and there's, like, some interesting story. I mean, speaking of Stafford, I mean, again, not to get all – This is the, I think this is the most sports we've ever talked on this show in a while. But, like, you know, there's a – you know, fanboys love a good story. And yeah, Stafford, if you don't know, like he was a quarterback for the Detroit Lions for like a decade and a half. And they, they I don't even know how many times he's touched the playoffs. He seems to be a perfectly cromulent uh, quarterback who's never touched a Super Bowl, not even a game, not even been there. So, you know, it's like a, a great little underdog story in the sense like him and um, you know Aaron Donald, one of the most dominating like defensive lineman uh, in the last few years, apparently. Um, again, I, I only know this because it's on every L.A. radio station now that Aaron Donald's like, great. It's like, OK, cool. I'll take your word for it. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe besides the uh, L.A. loving a winner. Uh, and again, like, yeah, I think the Matt Stafford uh, storyline is interesting. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how long he's going to stick around because uh, I'm with you with that one. H. Um, sure. You just said the last guy's um, the quarterback that we just traded away his name. Uh, but you know, I thought he was going to. What was that? Dude? Jared Goss. Jared Goff, thank you. So I thought Goff was going to be our uh, the, the Rams quarterback for a while, but like I, I guess yeah, they wanted to win now and wanted to win soon, and um, you know it, it was uh, you know it, it's I guess serendipity because like yeah, the Super Bowl just happens to be in LA this year, and um, yeah, so it, it all worked out for the NFL and for for LA I guess or Inglewood, LA adjacent. So yeah, yeah. So just so you know, I'm planning my uh, Valentine's Day get 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 together with my wife um during super bowl sunday just because <laughs> there's not going to be a lot of uh um uh, uh, people reserving um at least i'm hoping 
Dude, so, you're right. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my plan. That's my plan. You know what that means, though, right? Is that what? technically you can you can rent out your place as an Airbnb? Because uh, yeah, did you see the the news article where there's a there's a dude um that lives like two blocks away, or like two and a half blocks away from SoFi, and he's like charging like close to four thousand dollars for his parking spot incredible yeah i've read the same thing i don't know if it's four thousand or the same guy but yeah dude that's insane to me now um as someone who worked in the not just in the area but literally right next door to where sofa is uh for a long time it still amazes me that they were able to pull off that um structure in the area that they had it in because the hollywood park racetrack was a complete dump and the casino that I worked at, I'm not going to name any names, but it was a casino in Hollywood Park um, that they turned that place into such a nicer establishment after I left. And it still boggles the mind that, you know, that's where they've established football in Los Angeles to me, because that drive is brutal. Parking in the area is horrendous. And the fact that they're going to pull this off and they're going to get so many people to come over just to Los Angeles just to watch this thing is crazy to me. So good for them. And I wish everybody the best of luck and uh, go Rams. So moving forward for, uh, you know, Lewis mentioned the idea that, you know, winning, you know, really transforms, you know, your opinion of people. Um, you know, Harold mentioned the next poopery that, that we have. Uh, one of the, not if, not one of the, the most win, winningest uh, football quarterbacks uh, just has officially announced that he is retiring, which I have to tell you came as, as a shock to me. Of course, um, Billford Brady um, has uh, announced that he is going to be retiring after so many years of, uh, of winning and I got to tell you, and again, this is, uh, you know, fanboy quarterback uh, or fanboy, um, you know, sports fan over here. I was shocked that, you know, you almost made it to the, uh, the, the, you know, NFC or uh, the NFC championship. Um, uh, you know, uh, um, you almost, you were right there for the, the, the Super Bowl already. And yet you decide to retire. Like, uh, what's your opinion? What, what, you know, um, is it enough for him to be mil- a millionaire and, and be, um, you know, be sleeping with a, um, uh, you know, a supermodel <laughs> and you know, like you're, you're thinking to yourself, do I still need to work out or do, you know, am I just going to live my life in uh, complete luxury? I, I don't know. Um, I've, I can't put myself in a position like that. But at least for me, like I'd, you know, I'd be surprised if if this guy, you know, if if this guy doesn't come back a year from now, um, and that's gonna be my prediction, to be honest with you. Really? He's, okay. He's gonna take a year off, and then he's gonna come back and win another Super Bowl with another team and um, establish himself as the official goat of all time. Um, I have. <laughs> My opinion of Tom Brady is always going to be like how I treated LeBron James, where I hated the guy so much that I ended up respecting him. Like you hate someone because they win so much. And it's like, here's a dude who's won seven Super Bowls. And, Incredible. Yeah. You know, had no right to. Sixth round pick. Um, he never was going to be a starter. They had Drew Bledsoe as a quarterback. Unfortunately, Drew Bledsoe gets injured right before the playoffs and then Tom Brady takes on his magical run somehow fumbles the football in the snow. And they're like, Oh, he actually was throwing it. So fumble doesn't count. So we have the tuck rule because of uh, Tom Brady and that started the whole dynasty. And he turned a team that had been to the Super Bowl twice before his uh, lifetime or his uh, uh, tenure there and then turned them into perennial contenders. The guy never yeah. had a losing season. It's the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. He the only season he didn't play as many games as possible is when he tore his uh his knee the one time because a guy low low tackled him, and then the guy is forty five years old. You expect him to retire a few years ago. Instead, he takes his brand new team to the Super Bowl and wins. And then this year he throws more passing yards than he's ever thrown, almost as many touchdowns as he's ever thrown, and then brings him to the semifinal game 
unfortunately losing to the Rams, but at the same time doing that Tom Brady magic where they were down 27-3, and for some reason the game still wasn't over because it's Tom Brady. And he scared us right up until the last second, and then Matt yep. Stafford pulled the Tom Brady because we have our own Wes Welker, and his name is Cooper Cup. Um, so, you know, big props to Tom Brady for doing what he did at a high level when everybody else who had ever done anything like I'd only say the only person who ever went out on top uh, sports wise in terms of retirement was Kobe Bryant. And that's and even him. He had like an injury filled season and that's the only reason he retired. Tom Brady ends up, he might get second place in MVP voting this year. And he's like, well, I guess I'm going to retire. So, you know, kudos to him. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's, I cannot imagine like um, retiring at the top of your game, like the way Brady is in. Um, I love, but hated every time they would talk about him or not every time, but every time he'd come up, he, they'd say something like uh, Tom Brady, 44. Amazing. I was like, dude, that's not that old. <laughs> you know, it kills me, especially with a 13 year old at my home. And it's like, He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's, he can still run. I was like, 44 is not that bad, man. But um, so, yeah, it's it, obviously an athlete's 44 is different from a normal person's 44. So, yeah, it's crazy because, like, yeah, even though, like, like Harold already mentioned, the, the Rams did pull off the victory, even though we were stressed out until that last minute, um, you, you still believed that Tom Brady could still pull it off. Like, even especially after that infamous, you know, uh, Atlanta Falcons, uh, Super Bowl uh, win, you know, three down three to twenty one in the third quarter, and he still pulls it off, and he still keeps pulling it off too, like in the last year or so. So it, it's crazy to me that he, he might, you know, he's going to retire more or less on the top of his game because it, it it would be a shame in a sense to watch somebody of his caliber like maybe retire or spend the last year or two like being a second string quarterback or um, Harold is the football guy. Remind me if I'm wrong, but like Peyton Manning's like last year when he was a quarterback for um, the Broncos, you know, they, they talked about how he wasn't really the quarterback that he was with the Colts, but he was just kind of like managing the team, quote unquote. And Von Miller was the one who was, you know, he was the one who won that game for the Broncos that year. So I, I can't imagine like Tom Brady being that guy of like, oh, I'm just going to be like the backup quarterback or maybe I'll be on the sidelines and uh, all that kind of stuff. So maybe uh, in, in a sense, like, like Dennis already mentioned, a multimillionaire, he's got a good amount of sponsorships. He's got that TB12 gimmick. I don't know what the heck that's going to be, if it's going to be another, um, you know, the new Nutri uh, system or whatever, or Herbalife, uh, or, or the next uh, freaking pyramid scheme that our friends are going to be asking us, hey, do you want to you work uh, on your own time and be your own boss? I'm like, no, probably Yeah, Lewis, you know, if you can start off with me at the, at the bottom of the rung. You know, if you, I... <laughs> <laughs> you, you and I can uh, can can achieve greatness together. We too can be our own bosses. Thanks, Tom Brady. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be it's gonna be crazy. And it's funny that yeah. So like I said, so it, it, I guess he wanted to retire on top in a sense. And uh, yeah, like maybe maybe going home to a supermodel wife and you know your body still intact more or less uh, is probably the way to go for for him. And yeah, good for him to retire on top. Uh, not you know not being stretchered off the field or you know not some catastrophic injury i guess would be i, I guess a kind of way to go and again on your own terms a lot of uh you know a, a lot of sports uh, a, a lot of athletes uh, pro athletes at least yeah they, they don't kind of go out on their own terms for every you know for every kobe story or every dirk Nowitzki story that they get to retire with the same team um that they started off with the same team that they that they were drafted with you know there's literally hundreds of athletes who you know, they end up retiring at a team that you never thought about that or that they're with, you know. Uh, I, I, I'm more of a basketball guy, but like Dominic Wilkins retiring as a freaking Clipper comes to mind or or Patrick Ewing as an Orlando Magic. I think that happened for him. You know, those are it's kind of like the sad story or a weird ending for those stories. So, yeah, more power to Tom Brady. You know, he's controlling his narrative and, uh, you know, he's still well enough to keep doing what he's doing uh, at his age. Again, now I sound like a sports guy at his age. Yeah. 44. Uh, amazing. He's still upright. I'm telling you, he's going to win his next Super Bowl at age 47, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Oh, yeah, right now. Today, uh, Rams, uh, Rams are, Rams are going to get rid of Matt Stafford. Uh, you oh, know. <laughs> And then all well, of a know, sudden, the, the Chargers need a, a quarterback. So you never know, dude. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the Chargers, they have the best young quarterback in the game. 
You think so? Well, Justin yeah, Herbert? Are you kidding? Yeah, me? that's true. Well, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a football guy, like I said. Uh, all of yeah, my I fantasy know. football picks, uh, full disclosure, were done by my son. So thanks to him for uh, putting the way, in, uh, third place this year. Yeah, you know you could have won, right? I know, dude. I know, but I'm still blaming COVID protocols because uh, two my my freaking running back one and my wide receiver one. Both of which were Chargers went down freaking that one week anyway. Which, by the way, I really irritated the the, the one year I decided to bow out of uh, football league, uh, fantasy, fantasy football league is the year that Cooper Cup finally like uh, breaks through. Dude, yeah, yeah. He... that was your and Danny Amendola, bro. Exactly, dude. And it, I was like, what wow. the hell? What the, what the hell's going on here? Where's this guy come from? <laughs> Okay, um, uh, any more poopery before we move forward with our meat and potatoes today? Or I guess um, um, our tamales and uh, <laughs> e, uh, e, uh, el matos, <laughs> potatos. Or how do you say potato? I forget. Um, just the one thing is... Uh, like you say last... potatos? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It's the Spanish for potatoes. <laughs> um, just the one thing is last weekend um, was one of the biggest wrestling events that happens annually 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 oh um, uh, you have to put a u somewhere there or, yeah, yeah. or else it sounds really bad oh i will oh, always you have to put you in there or else yeah, it's exactly. annually. <laughs> ah got it okay <laughs> thank you um but the annual royal rumble happened the past uh last sunday uh by the time this recording comes out and it was a thing uh, more or less. Um, and the only reason I want to bring this up is because all three of us actually ended up watching it. And three different perspectives here where we have one person who has no idea what the hell's going on. Amen. Uh, Amen, one brother. One person who kind of knows what's going on. And then the guy who literally was just at SmackDown a few weeks ago and still was like, what the hell is going on? So, um, <laughs> uh, Dan, you want to give your quick tidbits on what you thought about it? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, um, I have no idea who anybody is. Um, and so it was interesting that um, I actually enjoyed it more in in that sense uh, because it was like um, it, it was like a brand new, you know, uh, like I was like, since when did Ray Mysterio look uh, Mysterio look like he is Wolverine because of how big and buff he is now? Like I'm surprised he was still doing he was still able to the uh, his uh, signature move, um, but. Uh, uh, again, I was it, uh, is it Becky Lynch? Yep. Uh, versus, I was gonna say Dua Lipa, but that's not uh, <laughs> that, that's drop. not the <laughs> drop. There you go. Um, the, the, I have to tell you that was the one that it kind of entranced me because it felt so like um, WWF, um, you know, like back in the day, like old school, yeah, yeah, where you have it, 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 it was perfect for me. It was the it was the monster versus, you know, an established, uh, you know, good guy. And uh, and again, one of the things that I kind of mentioned to the, the guys is that, you know, I was so angry and disappointed at the crowd because, I mean, it, it kind of like it, kind of like in the old days, you know, um, it wasn't pretty. You know, it was it was it, it was a guy. It was uh, is the dewdrop who is huge and. You know, again, uh, I hate to say it, you know, moved really quickly for her size. Uh, and, you know, Becky Lynch, God, you know, God, you know, bless her, um, allowed Dewdrop to do a lot of the 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 spots where I'm pretty sure uh, Becky Lynch is broken now. Um, <laughs> there, were, uh, there were a couple of moves where and then they did like re- replays and uh, slow motions of it where it looked really painful because of how big Dewdrop is. But um, and, uh, and again, the biggest disappointment for me was I was cheering. I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. But uh, and I think Lewis uh, or it was at Harold, I forget. Um, somebody had mentioned that there was uh, something going on you know um in uh, like in the stadium so people were kind of distracted and so i was really disappointed that such a you know i wouldn't call it like a classic match but a, a match that reminded me of when i was still actually watching um you know when i was actually still watching um a really great um matchup and then the other one that i liked was um edge uh, the edge uh, the tag team match another another one i really liked 
really disappointed because uh, you know i thought that maybe it's against the rules i don't know but i i thought it was the perfect time for that the what's the name of edge's uh, partner uh beth, beth phoenix. phoenix okay uh it, it, i mean imagine if beth actually won that match uh with edge on the floor you know and the uh, like I thought that I thought that was the angle that that was gonna happen where um, it was like you know woman versus man the woman was gonna you know win um, and I, I was actually excited about that but overall um, you know it, it was as as Harold said it was a thing um, there was nothing really um, uh, too surprising or too exciting um, definitely there was one botched um uh, move in the men's um uh, royal rumble um i forget what the name of, um kofi kingston where he where he completely like he was there for like five seconds yeah yeah okay that was a botched um uh, uh like move right yeah at least i would imagine From what i understand yeah yeah, yeah. there was a, a spot uh, where he gets eliminated and he's supposed to save himself from elimination and, and jump back into the action and, he, and something he's done for like what a handful of times in the last few years and yeah i guess unfortunately kind of like tom brady i guess age is caught up with him uh <laughs> I, I feel bad because kofi kings is not exactly that old but compared to the rest of the field you know he's the older statesman and yeah like i said he, he, he he's done these spots before he like he'll land on a handstand or he'll land on the barrier or he'll land on you know somebody will catch him and he'll he'll save himself but yeah, I guess this was the year that it was just not meant to be. Um, yeah, that's that's too bad for him, dude. Um, if, if you don't mind, then if you're if you're if you're done, I'll go into my part of the. Oh, yeah, hold um, on, one, one last one. Yeah, go for Lita, it. When was Lita still part of the whole thing? Because I was like, what the hell is she doing here? That's she, it. She saw Ed, she saw Edge was on the card. I'm like, I can do this too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it. All good, dude. Yeah, a uh, lot of good surprises. I mean, I love this part of the year when it comes to wrestling. Um, you know, they they love to say that the Royal Rumble is what it, the the like the start of WrestleMania season, and um, you know, it sounds very casual, but yeah, like I love this time of year because as much as I don't watch wrestling, I don't, um, I, you know, unlike Harold, I haven't been to a live show in like couple of years now and you know i only really see the highlights when i when i pull up in a, on my instagram or if uh, i follow i mean i follow WWE on on, on instagram and, and social media but i don't really go out of my way to watch these shows anymore but yeah this is the time of year that kind of excites me there's something about the gimmick of the royal rumble where one winner gets to cash in and and become like a you know main event at wrestlemania even though the, the definition of main event uh, you know kind of varies uh, you think main event means uh, last on the card and big show, a uh, big fight, but you know, the last few years is kind of eh. sometimes they'll be in the middle of the card or whomever, wherever they choose to. But um, I digress. Um, what do you call it? So, yeah, I, I kind of like this year's Rumble, but like Harold already alluded to, like, I it was funny to me that the actual Rumble, I like, I didn't know maybe five or six people like le legitimately like who are these people and which is kind of a you know new to me it's a new feeling for me because i'd like to say that i'm on top of you know mo uh, wrestling and whatnot but yeah this one they had my i was scratching my head a few times uh for my favorite match i know Harold dennis already talked about dewdrop and becky lynch which i think you're right dan I i'm glad you gave up that per that perspective because you're right dude. it's like very old school like you know, a Vader versus Sting or or uh, Yokozuna versus Bret Hart kind of feel of like the even though the even though I think Becky Lynch is actually supposed to be a bad guy now, uh, even though she's a bad guy and Dewdrop is supposed to be the good guy, um, they play they kind of spun it around and they made it more like yeah, like how is Becky gonna survive this gigantic lady from like smashing her to death? Uh, but yeah, um, my favorite match to be honest, actually I think would be uh, the first match actually the Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Um, so that's a, a weird kind of thing because, you know, they were telling a story from like, I guess, years in the making in a sense, because, you know, if you don't know, uh, they both were on the same team uh, called The Shield with uh, Dean Ambrose, uh, go by, goes by John Moxley now, I think, on AEW. But um, yeah, so it, it was a fun little story that they told. Uh, a, a, gr a good little, you know, payoff for those fans who have been watching it since those days. Um, but yeah, action packed and uh, kind of weird. And like, I, I guess my only other thing too, though is like, 
um, not to be that guy, but I wasn't a fan of how like some of these matches ended up either uh, disqualification, uh, dis- disqualifications or interference. So there wasn't like any like uh, I mean. Becky and, and, and the Edge matches uh, thankfully had straight up winners, but the, the other main events had like kind of screwy, weird finishes. So like not a big fan of those, but obviously they're trying to tell a, a story for the long term, especially the uh, Brock Lesnar match. And, you know, and uh, again, spoilers if you haven't seen the Rumble itself, but uh, uh, Brock Lesnar ends up winning the whole thing. But it, they, I guess they were trying to tell a whole story in one pay-per-view. Like he loses his match for his championship, so he has to come back and win the rumble uh, later on that night. So now he gets to fight whoever. I honestly have no idea who he's chosen to to fight in the in, in the WrestleMania, but uh, yeah, it's interesting that they pulled it off. So anyway, this is my thought. Yeah, before Harold jumps on, because you know I don't know if he's on because his camera is off. Um, <laughs> um, that that was the one weird thing for me is that. Um, the fact that Brock Lesnar lost his match, um, and then all of a sudden he pops out as like the the, the last entrant, you know. Um, again, story wise, I think would have been I would have appreciated it a little bit more um, if he all of a sudden forced, you know, if the storyline is he beat up number one, um, and you know the the first oh, yeah. entrant, and then he just like went through everything to prove himself. Uh, being the last one, yes, th- there was a huge pop for it. Um, but it it it, it uh, seemed to have it not seemed, but at least for me, it cheapened the whole thing, you know. Um, and so that, that, I have to admit that for me, that was like one of my lowest points, you know. That um, that that's how the uh, the end of the rumble would end up. Harold, the thing the thing is with that is they had done that ending, a very similar ending, just a few years ago. Like uh, ironically, with Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch lost her title match. Earlier in the Rumble, she wasn't the champion, but she lost uh, the, her chance to win the title. And then later in the night, like someone got injured, and now she's in the Rumble. And of course, everyone's like, "Oh, she's gonna win," because that was the year that Becky Lynch was on fire, and she had to do like she was, quote unquote, and how she goes by now, the man. She is was the most popular character in the federation at the time, and then everyone wanted to see her win. This one was just weird because, like, it was so expected. Like, when you saw Ronda come into, well, by the way, spoiler alert, Ronda Rousey won the Women's Rumble, even though she hasn't wrestled in two years. Like, when you saw her as a surprise entrant, everyone was like, oh, she's winning. That's the thing that was bothering me, was, like, there was no other people winning besides Ronda Rousey, and then when he saw Brock Lesnar, it's Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Like the the whole thing before with the Rumble was elevate new talent, and now it's just um, who is left to be a viable opponent at WrestleMania to to main event WrestleMania, and then the fact that they literally dished or dismissed a third or a fourth of their roster within the past few months, like. It, it, it left literally no options. So the other options were, you know, somebody who's already done it, like Randy or Randy Orton, or, you know, give someone new, like Matt Riddle, but they decided they weren't going to give it to him. And then, you know, have Shane McMahon come in. Because, you know, everybody is clamoring for more Shane McMahon. Um, I was. Actually, I was pleasantly well, surprised when that's I saw because Shane McMahon. Exactly. Ironically, Shane McMahon got fired the next day because uh, no one wanted him to see Shane McMahon as a Final Four entrant. Because when you see the Final Four in the Royal Rumble, that's when you go, one of these four men is going to main event WrestleMania. And then you're like, Shane McMahon is not <laughs> main eventing WrestleMania. Or neither is Bad Bunny, but you know, at least Bad Bunny had fun doing it. Uh, but I mean, it's just overall, it was a disappointing Rumble. I agree with you guys all the way, though. Um, the other matches were so much fun to watch. Like, um, I enjoyed the Women's Rumble. I just hate the fact that WWE hates Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks is the greatest character of all time. And she's a Mandalorian. So I don't understand why yeah, they keep thinking that. How are you not going to capitalize on that, right? Yeah. How do you not capitalize on the fact that she was on the biggest show of last year and she came out dressed as freaking Sailor Moon? 
And yeah, dude. Um, yeah, my brain's still broken from seeing that, by the way. And every so often, it'll pop up on my Twitter on my Twitter timeline, and I'm thankful. I say thank you, Twitter, for reminding me that that moment happened, and it's freaking amazing. Yeah, my Twitter one is the one where she's doing the splits. As oh my moon, god, it, dude! Yes, it ruins for... my life. It ruins my life every time. I have like... to pause. I have to pause the day. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Because I don't know if that's that's safe for work. Yeah. It's not safe for work, and especially since I work from home sometimes, not safe around the kids. <laughs> Even though I watch it with the kids, but at least it's like... <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't in GIF form where you can keep replaying exactly. it over and over again. So. Exactly. Um, at least but, on, on TV, I was like, okay, that moment passed. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the funny thing is, I literally was just at SmackDown in December, and when these people from SmackDown come up, I'm like, I have no idea, or I vaguely remember these guys. But apparently they're a big deal, and it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, last thing, what kind of, and along the lines of uh, what you were talking about, um, uh, admittedly, the way when the reason why I watched the Rumble is like, what what is Harold talking about this this girl and um you know Sailor Moon? I was like, <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, ooh, my daughter likes Sailor Moon. Um, you know, and my daughter, and um, I, it maybe it's a way for me and my daughter to connect. Uh, with uh, with um, with uh, wrestling, and uh, thankfully I didn't wa- let her watch. It, let her watch it. I watched it on my own first, and I was thinking to myself, um, it, it's such a uh, you know such a dichotomy there where um, where the women's rumble was actually enjoyable to me in terms of skill, talent, and uh, wrestling abilities. Yet. Every single time they would the, the, a girl would be walk would be introduced, they would run in and then they would gyrate in front of everybody um, as if it was a uh, you know a, a, we were in Reno and then and then all of a sudden go in and you know kiss Damn them. It, Don't say that, man. <laughs> I, but okay, I won't say it. But I, I, all I'm saying is that you know, um, I, I, I guess you still have to cater to the the majority of the audience, uh, which I'm still assuming you know is like ninety percent male. Um, and, but it, it was a shame that uh, like at a certain point I was like, man, I should let my daughter watch this. And after seeing those, like, no, I should not let my my daughter watch this. Um, you know, but again, um, such a shame um, seeing it. Um, oh, dude. Um, actually, if I can ch- just chime in on that real quick, too, dude. Like, I, I have a house full of boys, and yeah, I, I wish I could kind of empath- or you know, your children, your children. Kind of can, you, uh, can you can you preface that by saying those boys are your children? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, my children. Yes, I have. No, no, no. It's, it's his boys, bro. <laughs> my boys. No, you, like you're saying, you have a house full of boys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's right. that way. You're right. <laughs> Let me correct my my sons. I have sons, but um, you know, it's funny to me because like yeah, you're right. Then at one point I was actually or not at one point we were um, it was funny to me how my wife actually ended up watching the Rumble with me as well. And you, dude, you're totally right. I hate this pointed out, but like there is such a weird um like uh disparity. I guess is the word like. Thankfully, thankfully, I don't know if it's uh, you know this is a little too meta behind the scenes, but you know Triple H and and NXT has been apparently a big proponent of legitimate women's wrestling. That's why like Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, um, Sasha Banks, um, and <clears throat> excuse me, and a whole crop of legitimately like actual female wrestlers have come up in the last few years. Uh, Shayna Baszler, um, dude, oh my gosh, uh, Harold, help me out here. Like the the, the girl who's like six feet tall with a sweet fade and she's a, a, like a legit monster and I, I was actually kind of rooting for her to win um oh my gosh she's english but anyway oh like, rhea ripley thank you rhea ripley like those like those women legitimately are great wrestlers and whenever they were in the rumble i was like this is a great match unfortunately every time they would like pull uh like oh l- look at this legend uh freaking I don't even know, like wrestlers from like even like just 10 years ago who were coming back, Kelly Kelly or even the Bellas or whatever. It's like, oh, my gosh, it, it almost made me cringe a little bit because it's like, yeah, there, then you're right, dude. There was a time where like literally I think every female wrestler, quote unquote, was like a former model or a former uh, a, a pageant girl or something like that who had 
<clears throat> excuse me, like, you know, not that they're not athletic, but they weren't wrestlers first, you know? So I kind of, it was kind of weird to watch, you know, it, it, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like watching it, it, it. I can imagine like if bodybuilders started showing up on the men's Royal Rumble, it's like, oh, that's that's not a wrestler at all. Like you can tell who's not a wrestler and who actually is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like where women's wrestling is going towards. I hope one day you would be able to watch a good wrestling match with uh, with your daughter and like not be ashamed or like, oh, no, maybe don't watch this part. But, um, you know, like uh, there, there's parts of me that I feel like yeah, maybe if Becky Lynch and and, and Sasha Banks, uh, you know, pull off a, a great uh, run for the, the, the next few months, maybe they'll be part of a good WrestleMania match or two that, yeah, like I said, hopefully your, 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 uh, your daughter or even your you know, friends or our friends' daughters can watch wrestling without us kind of like going, oh, yikes, you know, don't mind that part. But anyway, I digress. So enough gender politics and, and wrestling. Yeah, um, which by the way, one of the, one of the most painful things I saw was I, I forget who the wrestler was, but somebody started doing the um, the 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 flare the flare chops on flare, um, and you know the, the unfortunate thing well is uh, um, what, uh, what's flare's first name the the the, the uh, Charlotte Charlotte yeah Charlotte yeah. Um, you know Charlotte Flair's uh, costume is a you know very cleavage revealing. Um, and so when the woman was uh, doing the chops on her, it I felt really bad, and it, it felt really painful every single time it would just land in. I was like, oh, that has yeah. to hurt, you know. Um, so kudos to them, uh, but still, um, I, I I still think I'm going to be showing her the Becky Lynch uh, do drop um, uh, because again, there's one move where she, where like. I forget what the what what the uh, the the spot was. Um, I think it was like from the top rope or something like that. And it's it, it, you know Dewdrop like lands starting with her like leg and all the way up to her butt, all onto her like back, and the whole all of the weight and all of the 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 uh, the damage like went on Becky Lynch, and I was like she has to be broken you know she 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 has to be dead at this point and so again um um still enjoyed that match Uh, also the the quick aside to why uh like i mentioned to dennis before what the distraction was and it actually happened twice is that when the royal rumble winner was announced or finally wins they set off these fireworks and for some reason every time the fireworks went off it would melt the WrestleMania sign right next to it. So the sign was actually dripping onto fans beneath them. Yikes. So they had to get out of the way. And that happened when Ronda won. And then you'd figure, oh, maybe we shouldn't do it again when Brock wins. But no, let's be morons and try it again. And the same thing happened. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so moving forward, uh, lots of great stuff for um, for our poofery. But we have to move on to our main you know, our, our main magical and enchanting um, uh, topic for today. And, you know, one of the biggest things and, you know, depending whether you are a mom, whether you are a, uh, a dad, whether you are just some rando person who loves music, um, you know, one of the top, the you know, not one of the, but the top, um, you know, a chart in music right now, downloads, um, is a, you know, uh, out of nowhere, a Disney franchise that um, really popped out and um, surprised a lot of people. You know, um, Lewis, I don't think you were able to watch it until um, it came on Disney Plus. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get to watch it until it was streaming finally. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the movie what we're talking about is Encanto. Um, you know, of course, it, uh, this uh, came out in November. One of the uh, newest, not not one of the, the newest Disney um, I I wouldn't even call it a princess movie because, um, at, at least theoretically, um, you know, it's there's no prince or princess or anything like that. It's just um a, a family movie that Disney came out uh, came up with, and uh, you know, because I have a daughter and because I'm a huge Disney file, um, I wanted to watch this movie, and I know Harold watched this movie as well, and you know, when I watched it, I was thoroughly in, impressed and I thoroughly um. You know, uh, really uh, love this movie. 
But as we were talking about a while ago, you know, it's something that we really didn't review. You know, partially, of course, it was because Lewis um, didn't uh, didn't um, get to watch it, and Lewis, being Lewis, wanted to, you know, was was more than willing to for us to uh, reveal and to like spoil the movie. But you know, at least for me, I loved the uh, the movie itself. That um, I thought that it it, w- it would do it wouldn't do justice for the show if we did that. So um, you know, the, the the topic for today is you know all of a sudden from November where it was. Um, it, for the most part, it was um, it was uh, welcomed by the critics uh, pretty well. But the um, you know I, I'd say the fanfare, the um, you know the reception by the uh, the fans as a whole um, wasn't there. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, you know it's in, on everybody's lips. Everybody's singing it. Um, so, so I guess for our, our topic for today is why? Where did the, where did this Encanto tidal wave come in? Um, and you know um, we're not going to necessarily review it, but uh, um, just our overall impressions of why all of a sudden it's become a juggernaut that is taking over, you know, um, you know, social media, uh, definitely memes, TikToks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Harold, um, seems like you're falling asleep over there. Um, no, uh, just, uh, <laughs> for the audience, you should you should see you should see the, angle the, the view over here because it, Harold's feet are up. Um, he is reclined. <laughs> And there's oh God, a mic foot. Okay. I know. <laughs> there, there's a microphone over his face covering it. So Harold could be sleeping right now. I would not know. So I need to kind of prompt him in order for make sure and do this really long inter uh, um you know um aside just so that I know that he's ready. I thought you were gonna say in an intervention for not trying to eat all you can eat sushi before we record <laughs> on a late late on a Friday night. <laughs> um so like uh, the reason I brought up the topic to the guys was the fact that we had fully intended to review the movie. And if Lewis didn't watch the movie, we actually had a planned episode called uh, Harold and Dennis spoil things for Lewis yeah. or Lewis gets spoiled is actually what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, we would ruin all these things that Lewis hadn't seen because we're jerks and we like doing that to him sometimes. But um, just things happen and we're like, well, maybe we'll save it for another time and then more things kept happening and we're like okay we'll just talk about it another time and then it was literally one of those things where like well okay i guess the time to talk about it is past and not everybody's going to be talking about this thing and the what i think is the the thing that kind of messed it up at theaters was yes it was released around thanksgiving but just a few weeks later so was spider-man no way homes and like no way homes like has dominated theaters for like months now and it's one of the biggest movies of all time and it just had the unfortunate timing of also not unfortunate timing but also being a disney marvel property so it's like all the marketing and all the focus is going to go to this brand new thing and we don't have time for Encanto anymore and people forgot about it until it came to disney plus and I don't think I've ever seen anything that's had a second life like this movie has. Because when the movie first came out, the only people that I was able to talk about it to were either the people that went to watch it with me or the people who I knew were probably going to watch it because they're like Dennis said, uh, they're Disney files. So like me and Dennis, we'd never really talked about it too much either because we were saving it like what we do sometimes is just save uh, content for our podcast. And now that it's just a thing that like since christmas when everyone's been able to watch it dude this thing is out of control like you wouldn't imagine a movie that's two months old to be having the number one song in the country right now you wouldn't imagine a movie that's two months old to be having the number one album that's came out in the past you know however and you wouldn't imagine this kind of movie to just be literally like dennis said everywhere like i know that i'm fairly new to the whole tiktok thing but this damn song is ruining tiktok for me this thing and emotional damage are ruining tiktok for me because that's all i hear for hours upon end because it's ridiculous how much people love this stuff and the reason i wanted to talk about it before was because you know one of the things that i had the guys do in the last year was um um, become familiarized with Brooklyn Nine-Nine 
And the main character in in Kanto is actually one of the main characters in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So it's like, you wouldn't imagine that a person who is playing a cop or like a semi-comedic serious role who uses a completely different voice for the show would end up being like, no one would have any clue that if you put those two characters side by side, that they were the same person. So, you know, uh, Stephanie Beatrice or for uh, who will ever forever be referred to me as Rosa Diaz um, comes out as the main character of the show. And it just, she does a fantastic job. Never knew she had that kind of, she doesn't have the greatest singing voice, especially for a Disney movie. But she has an entertaining singing voice. She has the voice that matches the Lynn Manuel Miranda soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So it's like perfect for where she's at. And I think that's the other thing too is the Lynn Manuel Miranda factor, where you know pretty much anything that guy touches turns to gold. So I, I asked these guys earlier, do you guys know what the um, highest streamed family movie of all time is? I still don't know. I didn't look it up. Wait, wait, the highest streamed family movie of all time. Hmm. Obviously, it has to be something with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, hmm. Moana? And his knee probably. Yeah, dude. Moana is... is, Yeah. And even Moana, when Moana came out, it was like a pretty big deal when it came out. And then once streaming came along, it just took off. And it has to be at least for me, it has to be the magic of the soundtrack. Yeah, but you know the one thing though is, uh, and, and again, um, movie-wise, I really like this movie. I'm, I have to tell you, I've watched this movie way too many times the, <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, um, especially once, like when it when it came out on Disney Plus. My my family and I uh, did a movie watching uh, night, and it's now one of those movies where I. You know, there's really in my head, there's really no like slow portion of it where I I want to like fast forward through it. Um, you know, maybe actually maybe the only the only part that I'd fast the only thing that I really skipped through is actually the beginning. You know, um, because um, I want to listen to um, uh, under pressure. I want to listen to um, you know you don't talk about we don't talk about Bruno, but but the problem is the moment. But with the way the movie is set up and the way the movie songs are set up, that the moment you start watching under pressure, you, you, I'm I'm kind of stuck there watching every single moment until you get to and I kind of showed you how much I love this movie, the 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 the, the, the dos orguitas, uh, which uh, uh, Harold, it is now my it is my newest. It is, uh, I have to tell you that those that song is my uh, my my La Bamba right now. Like um, every single time um the the uh, spoiler alert for people who have not watched this where um where the grandma is sitting with uh with uh, with um, rosa diaz um by the um by, by, by the river and then yeah that, uh, that that song starts playing i am in tears it's 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 not even funny at this point so you know it, it's a mix at least for me one of the reasons why it's so popular is um a the story the storyline is actually pretty good you know um, but B, Lin Manuel. While we, while um, um, Moana is a great show and a great mo- movie, the soundtrack really was about like the uh, the Polynesian um, and uh, Pacific Islander music. So it's aside from maybe "You're Welcome," and uh, you know it, it's really hard for Lin Manuel Miranda to put his spin on it too much. This one is clearly. Lin Manuel Miranda at, yes. at, at his best. Like one of my favorite parts of of um of uh, we don't talk about Bruno is there's you know like uh, you have the salsa you have the the the, the cha cha and everything and then all of a sudden um I, I forgot the girl's name but the 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 girl that can hear things um all of a sudden they she starts rapping you know and it comes out of nowhere. And the transition is so smooth, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so great. Um, and I, it's something that I watch uh, still today. And of course, because my daughter's here, you know, at night we we sing the songs. Um, there's and the the other thing is, as Harold pointed out, it's on TikTok everywhere, um, and people have put in their own mix of it. 
you know, um, Harold pointed, uh, uh, introduced me to um, uh, the We Don't Talk About Bruno and Oops, I Did It Again, which... Uh, uh, hit Me Baby One More oh, Time. Oh, Hit Me, sorry, yeah, you're right. Hit Me Baby One More Time, which I, I never realized it was such a perfect mix together. Um, and, and, you know, so uh, good stuff like that. Um, and then there's a, a, another one where it's really dumb, where... Um, in, in uh, somebody somebody did this mix where it's just we, we don't talk about bruno but every single time you, they say any like noun they just the word they 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 take um the sound sound bite of rats and so <laughs> so we don't talk about rats and i i don't know why it's hilarious so last night when my daughter was about to when i was putting my daughter to sleep i think we spent 10 minutes singing that song um you know and it's you know the beauty of it and the attraction of it right now um how about you lou um so yeah as a as a late bandwagon fan for this movie i i agree with everything i mean i'm not uh, i don't have the musical background that you guys have so i can't really nitpick or give specific details as to what was attractive and what worked for me but um everything just works for me dude and it did come at the you know the biggest reason why i think we saw it recently on disney plus was because yeah um uh it was pressured from like from not pressure per se but like you guys talking about it my brother and my sister talking about it it was like okay fine we'll watch it finally saw it and it's like dude we missed out we should have seen this in theaters and it is one of those great things where like there are some disney movies where even though uh, on the surface you can say like oh this is targeted towards girls or women or 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 or, or whatnot or that demographic um you know, there, there are some that kind of transcend that. And this, I feel like this is one of those, cause like, um, you know, as I've already disclosed, I, uh, you know, I have two sons, uh, are whose tastes kind of range differently already, but there are, you know, there's, there are certain stuff that they're like, oh, we don't need to see it right away. But yeah. And Kanto was one of those, like all, all, all four of us, my wife and my two boys sat down and actually paid attention to the movie because you're right. Uh, from the, on the surface, it's a great change of pace and a great change of location for a Disney movie. Um, off the top of my head, I don't, uh, I, I can't remember a lot of um, Colombian set cartoons uh, made by Disney or any mainstream uh, studio. So like kudos to them for actually having like a primarily Spanish speaking cast. Um, and you can tell that it, there was a lot of love that went into the show or into the movie. Because like the costumes and the voices and the voice actors themselves, uh, and, and uh, except for uh, yeah, uh, you know it, it was just a great little movie. And um, it's funny because I was trying to remember too, dude. Like um, in the last year, uh, and I'm not trying to dismiss it either, but like you know, I didn't get the same. Oh, I, I didn't get the same uh, love for like Luca or Raya even like I didn't even get to see Raya yet but this Encanto like I said it's, it's, it was the one Disney movie that was streaming that like people had to, like you had to see it or otherwise you're obviously missing out so um, again not to put down any of those movies from what I understand both Raya and Luca are incredible or re really well made but yeah it, it just didn't have that kind of like social stranglehold like it did the last time I honestly remember this kind of thing happening was Frozen like, I still remember one of our friends uh, at her daughter's birthday party. She had a Frozen theme party. And, uh, again, it's hard for me to put uh, put things into perspective back then. But, like, it didn't feel like Frozen had a huge marketing push. I didn't see, like, uh, you know, McDonald's uh, Happy Meals toys. Or I didn't see huge posters. But it was, like, that weird cult um, push of, like, everybody's got to see this because of the song and da, da, da. And yeah, so kind of same thing here. And like you see it on Instagram, you see it on, on TikTok and all the social medias are like, yeah, you, you have to, you have to watch the movie to get the context. And it just makes, it, it just makes it more, so much more fun. So I, I don't know, uh, Lin-Manuel and, and the rest of the cast is kind of captured lightning in a bottle. So like, it's, it's going to be one of those things that it's going to, I feel like it's going to be perpetually very popular for the, at least for this next year. Unlike, yeah, uh, uh, even though Moana, I love that movie to death, but um, you know, it had a really high, high uh, people love uh, you're welcome. But uh, you know, after a while it's kind of died off. And, but this one, I don't know, it's got legs. Uh, I feel like. And uh, not to mention, yeah, I am too. Uh, I, I'm on team uh, St uh, Stephanie Beatrice as as well, because uh, yeah, I love uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
one of those great shows that I was able to catch up on this last year, thanks to both of you guys. Uh, but yeah, I'm super surprised that she has a range that she does. Um, yeah, so pleasantly surprised, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, think- I still don't think that it's Stephanie Beatrice um, doing the voice and the singing, to be honest with you, because I still can't meld those two voices together for me um and your brain um, refuses yeah just for that uh stephanie beatrice needs to win best actress because (laughs) he needs all the awards first of all she needs a retroactive emmy for all of her if she's if she's like this if she's bubbly all the time and she plays rosa diaz for seven seasons dude come on man (laughs) Uh, nine seasons seasons, my bad yeah but like still yeah like I remember when I first saw the cast of this and I was like, Rosa Diaz is the main character and she's not using the Rosa voice, which, you know, like even me, who's like a big, obvious dork about everything that he watches. I didn't know that wasn't her real voice until I think season three or season four. I was like, holy crap, because I never I never watched any interviews with her. And then Wait, somebody I, else, somebody else did her voice. No, that's her voice. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was like, it's just, oh, you were gonna disappoint me. <laughs> no, no, it's not like the Von Trapp don't thing. Tell, really don't think. tell me this is gonna be another Sister Mary Patrick's. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've ruined those two movies for Dennis for life, and I feel awful about it every time it happens. But it also makes me laugh so hard because I'm the dream crusher over here. <laughs> but like, yeah, dude, like, you know, the hard, hard nosed character always tough, always very solemn about everything. And then you have her come around and she has to be the, like, like you guys have said, like a really bubbly, poppy, uh, happy-go-lucky character, even though literally out of everybody, she has no right to be as happy as everybody else because she's the opposite of blessed. And it's like, you know, that's, I think the other thing that has really captured everybody's imagination is the message about the story. And the message being like, the for me, at least the biggest message is that, you know, everybody's special in their own different ways and no one is above anybody else. And like having her, you know, or her family at the time treating her like she's a lower end citizen just because she's the only one that doesn't have magical powers. It's like the opposite of every other fairy tale story that you hear where it's like, in the end, she's going to have, like you'd expect at the very end of the story, she's going to get these magical powers. But no, they do the exact opposite and they keep her the same exact way. And you have everybody else around her change. And that's fantastic to me. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I you know, t- speaking of messages, one of the things that connected with me, uh, to me, is just how imperfect. And that's the imperfection was uh, what, what really attracted to me about it. You know, like the message of imperfection to the point where, um, you know, one of the most uh, relatable characters for me was Abuela. You know, um, the fact that, you know, as not that I'm not saying that our we have mean, um, you know, uh, uh, relatives or anything like that. But, you, you know, that they're um, growing up at, at some point in our lives that, you know, the negativity um, was was the way we were raised. They're not not that it's the same exact thing, but the, there was, you know, certain things, certain mo- uh, certain times where. Uh, because our parents were old school um, and they felt that in order for them to be able to discipline us and be able to, um, uh, you know, teach us what's right and wrong, there are certain uh, w- um, ways that they had to do it. And uh, Abuela had to learn that you know, sometimes those ways, the, the way she would talk to uh, Maribel, the way she would talk and treat other people was not necessarily the right way of doing it. And, I, and, and, and one of the things I'm realizing and looking around and listening to people is that so many people grew up with, with family members that were exactly like that. You know the the people who use negativity to in in their heads that that negativity negativity was the best way for them to raise their kids to raise their um, you know their grandchildren and all those things and it's it's funny that yes it is a a Latin X um, uh, production and you know theme but you know maybe it's because as Filipinos we we, we had similar backgrounds. Um, you know, with a Spanish uh, influence uh, in it, but it's just funny to me that so many people can relate to to the themes in it, and which again, it's not just the songs, but the, not just the storyline, but um, a, a lot of the theme, the, the thematic things that, that that they see there, that really makes this uh, movie shine. 
that and uh, Dos Origitas is a, a bomb, <laughs> a bomb song. And um, thinking about those uh, those those um, uh, those caterpillars becoming butterflies is still oh. making me tear up right now. <laughs> oh, well, uh, really quick aside, uh, this is an awkward date movie. Why? Just because there's 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 so much to process. <laughs> you, were, you were crying, weren't you? I know. I, 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 I didn't want. I, I, didn't want, I did not you want. To, you couldn't make a move because you're too busy. In the I, I, see, I don't know what. The, like, I don't understand what is wrong with me when every Hispanic movie that has like any kind of. I think it's because we. I I lived in Arlita for so long, and now that we live in in North Hills, which is technically Sepulveda. I mean. Yeah, you should have seen um how Harold cried when uh, he watched Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> so many Latinos in the like, movie. So many, and David Spade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you too. Then, like, you're right. I mean, besides the songs, the themes are great too. Like, um, it was one of those fun little like it's um. You know, it's it was a what was the word? It's like a juxtaposition of the powers that like Luisa was strong, but o- o- only because she has so much pressure on her and like you know the um oh my god what's the the pretty sister's name um yeah you know her character she was held up high in front of everybody, but she can't make her own decisions because everybody feels that she has to do this or that. It's like so there, there's some like great lessons in here and. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's yeah, I, I like that I like when a Disney movie is able to hit on different layers. Like the fact that yeah, obviously the children and the kids uh can 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 get a lot of out of it, but I think that's one of my funnier that's one of my favorite trends on on TikTok or on Instagram was, you know, the older adults, us, you know, us parents or us in that 40, 30, 40 year old uh, uh, demographic thinking that, oh, this is a movie about um, processing trauma and how hard it is being, uh, you know, the eldest or, you know, this, this, this kind of child and da, 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 da. So I was like, oh, okay. So there you go. So there's a whole, it's one of those movies that thankfully speaks to many generations. So yeah, I I dug that a lot. Okay. Well, uh, sounds like um, we enjoyed it. I don't think we're going to be doing um, a review for that. Sorry, uh, Encanto. Um, (laughs) You know, you you don't get our uh, review system here, Uh, but from the, from the looks of it, it, it's, it would have, it would have gone high because I, well, actually, no, I would have put it into a Jeff Winger guarantee right then and there, just because again, those Oregitas, amazing. (laughs) Um, Just for that by itself. Um, Unless there's anything else that we want to add and uh, uh, anything else that we want to uh, put in, I think that's going to be it for our episode today. Yeah. You know, um, thank you very much for listening in. I truly hope you enjoyed our content. If you would like to hear any of our older episodes, please take a look, take a look at the two fanboys, onecasual.podbean.com for all of our old episodes. And on Facebook, just uh, plug our name in the search bar, Two Fanboys and a Filthy Casual. Add our main page as well as our very fun and active group page. Every time the podcast goes live, we'll be posting it out there. Uh, shout out to our group page, a very uh, fun and active uh, group of like-minded nerds, geeks, uh, gamers, and fanboys and fangirls who, um, yeah, post all that good stuff out there, too. I love to spoil things for other people. I um, also, I gotta talk I to that guy, dude. I love then, you, bro, but come on, dude. <laughs> Literally the same day. Anyway, you can't, you can't, you gotta give it at least 48 hours. Yeah, anyway. you, gotta tell, you gotta tell Lugo not to, uh, not to spoil stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, also on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and as we mentioned earlier before, TikTok, you can find us at Two Fanboys, One Casual. And then anywhere you find your favorite podcast, we are there as well. That's it for us today. Hopefully you enjoy your episode. This is Two Fanboys and Equal Casual. We'll get to see you again next time. This is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. Peace. Thanks for listening. <laughs>